today on It's Time. If we don't know the entirety of God's Word, we're going to have a hard time persuading or explaining to people. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the New Testament book of Acts. So, follow along as we join Pastor Mike. Jonah heard that God was going to judge Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrians, <laughs> right on. They, they need it. That's good. What do you mean, tell them to repent so you won't judge them? you got to wipe them out. Well, that wasn't God's plan. And so God spared them for almost an extra hundred years uh, because of what Jonah did when he went into that city. So God's a God of love in the Old Testament, a God of love in the New Testament. We see God, a God of mercy in the Old Testament, a God of mercy in the New Testament. We see some of the things that David did. And God's mercy was extended to David. We see in the New Testament the mercy that was extended to even many of Jesus' own disciples. When Peter said, I'll never deny you, Lord, he said, before the cock crows, you'll deny you know me three times. You know, really, any real king, any person of any kind of righteous judgment would have said, Peter, I'm done with you. But God's mercy intervened in Peter's life. And we find two uh, books in the Bible uh, named for Peter, First and Second Peter. So understanding that, how important it is. Well, he says that he taught the Bible accurately. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Now, this is funny because you would think everybody in the synagogue would be speaking boldly, but not the case. In fact, as we all know, just because a church is a church and has a cross on the roof doesn't necessarily mean the word of God is being taught inside. That's a real problem. In fact, you have a lot of feel-good stuff that has been taught, all in the name of all in the name of Christianity. But it really is not self-denial; it's self-realization. It's not come to the cross and die. It's uh, how to put Jesus in your pocket and climb to the top. Dangerous stuff, because the Bible says, "Seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness; all the other things will be added to you." See, why is that important? Because the thing is this: when we're about our Father's business, then God takes care of us. But that's just opposite to the way the world thinks. The world thinks you've got to do it for yourself. And if you've got any time left over, well, then cut God a, a piece of the pie. The Bible says it's just the opposite way. Because without doing things directed by God, those things aren't going to carry anything in eternity. So understanding that then, it says when... He spoke boldly in the, in the synagogue. And it says... And when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. I like that. You see, because they were once in the same place that Apollos was in. And I look at that and I realize that, you know what? What we've received from God, we in turn 
turn around and bless others with it. In other words, we're not to be stingy with the gospel. In other words, we're not to just say, well, I've got my salvation in heaven. And if you fry, spit and sizzle, oh, well, that's just the way it is. The Bible tells us that we need to be about our father's business. And so understanding that, Priscilla and Quilla, when they saw this, this guy that was so dynamic and going into the synagogue and, and, and teaching accurately the scriptures, they said, hey, come here, we want to tell you something. And so notice how Paul's impact in Priscilla and Aquila's life equipped them to lead others into the family of God. See, that's why I believe all of us are obligated to know what God's word says. Because we never know when we're going to be called upon or the opportunity will present itself so that we might find somebody like an Apollos who knows a little bit about God, but hey, let's, let's get more accurate here. Let's go all the way here. Let's, let's see what, what God will do in your life. I found a lot of people that have a inclination of things of God. In fact, I think this is how many people get involved in the cults. They, they know that there's something more that meets the eye, but what is it and how, how do I relate God to my life? And so they've got them, you know, in the lotus position, focusing on the third eye in the middle of their forehead, eating only organically grown foods and wearing blue. You, you say, well, that's silly. Do you know how many people believe in these different paths to God? You know, to us that enjoy the freedom that's in Christ, it's great. And it breaks my heart to see people who, because of man's laws or misinterpreting what the Word of God says, they become impoverished and in bondage in some way to earn their righteousness when God, through Jesus Christ, offers it for free. I should say the Father, through Jesus Christ, offers it for free. So, understanding that then. They took him aside. I like that. Now, friends, this is important. If you like to underline things in your Bible, underline took him aside. I think that's really important. Because sometimes people like to grandstand. The Bible says if you see somebody overtaken in a fault, you go to him, what? Privately. Uh, Not in the middle of a synagogue saying, Ah, man, you got it all wrong. (laughs) He didn't do that. They didn't do that. They took him aside and reasoned with him from the scripture. Now, because Apollos knew the scripture so well, I believe that's why it was, he was so able to be convinced of who Jesus Christ was. Because every, everything in the Old Testament screams out Jesus' name. And so, because of that, they took him aside, explained, oh, notice the other word here, explained to him. That means they had to know what they were talking about in order to convince somebody else who Jesus was. So being able to explain something in your Christian faith is going to have a tremendous impact, not only where you do it, but what you do. So we have two things here. First, took him aside. Second of all, explained to him. Now that's important because that's something all of us need to be able to do. Then it says the way of God more accurately. Notice what the topic was. It was the way of God and to be completely accurate. Verse 27. And when he desired to cross to Achia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. 
Uh, it's interesting here that now he has been, like Paul, changed. And he continued on the move, now bringing the gospel of Christ with his knowledge of the Old Testament to these other areas. And so you find Apollos being a, a, uh, quite a player in the early church. So it's really amazing what God does, how he takes and he builds upon what we already know of him. And then you might say puts us in a new situation. See, I, I don't believe God wastes. I believe that when God uh, makes an investment in you and me, he intends on using us for his kingdom and those gifts of the spirit that he's given you and the ability, abilities that you have, God uses those to further his kingdom. And so notice it says, then he went out, he crossed over to Achia, then the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. Verse 28, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. This is the same issue you might say that Paul had. Because Paul would go to the synagogues and he would try to show them, reasoning with them from scripture, who Jesus was. The problem, of course, is is that they refused to listen. Now, it says, it tells us about Apollos here having this boldness. Now, Again, you'd think people that were in the synagogue would know what the scriptures say. But unfortunately, they didn't. And I'm sure as perhaps Priscilla and Aquila and uh, those that showed Paul and the others as well, Apollos, Isaiah chapter 53, he was bruised for our transgressions, he was wounded for our iniquities, and upon him the Father laid all of our sins. You look at that and there's no way around the understanding that Jesus Christ is God. And yet it's funny that they will still continue, even to this day, to refute that. And I'm amazed when you talk to people with different ideology backgrounds and different faiths and all this type of thing, how hard it is for sometimes people to come to a saving knowledge of who Christ is. I think it's funny that oftentimes when people um, have not spent any time really reading God's Word, how they can become so polarized on different topics. We had one of those questions today that I thought was really important. It, it, the question was, well, does a person have the Holy Spirit when they get saved? And the qu- answer is, maybe. no. The answer is yes. Well, no, maybe the answer is no. What do you mean? Well, here's the thing. They all gathered in the upper room, Acts chapter 2. We know that Jesus had breathed on the disciples to receive the Spirit. Some people believe actually that was where they came to the full understanding that Jesus was who he said he was. And you might say at that moment they were born again. Or maybe they had just really received the Holy Spirit right there and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit where the cloven tongues of fire appeared on the disciples in that room and above their heads. That was where the Holy Spirit fell upon everybody, over 120 in that upper room that time. And that's where the whole town came running together as they heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind because the Holy Spirit had come upon them and they heard him speaking in other tongues. Well, that's really, really amazing how that how God does that. Now... That's a place where they were believers or they would have never been in the upper room in the first place. And we find the Holy Spirit then came upon them and they were empowered. 
So when the fella today asked the question, are we spirit-filled, or maybe I say, do we get the Holy Spirit when we believe? I believe it's impossible to know who Jesus Christ is apart from the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us. Yes, yes, we have to have the Holy Spirit in order to believe. But then the Bible seems to indicate there's an empowering of the Holy Spirit. This is what happened in my own life. I spent many years as a believer. I knew who Christ was. And for me to stand up or tell anybody about Christ, I just would just, I would hate to do that because I just didn't have it within me to do that. And I remember that the particular church I went to did not believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. The, 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 you might say the second work of the Holy Spirit. The first work is to get saved. But the empowering, the Acts chapter 2 experience, our church didn't believe in it. And I remember I went and visited another church and this pastor said, if you've been shy and you can't really share your faith and you feel like you stand on your tongue, I want you to come up here. We're going to pray that you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so I went up, just like we always offer people at the end of every service here. If you need prayer, come up forward. And I went up forward and this man laid his hands on me and prayed for me that I'd receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't fall down, I didn't vibrate, I didn't glow in the dark. But you know what? From that time forward, I noticed it was within about a week, I started noticing that I wasn't scared to tell people about Jesus anymore. In fact, it was kind of neat. And in fact, if they got mad at me for doing that, I kind of thought, wow, this is really real. Because if it wasn't real, they wouldn't get mad. If I walked up and said, you know, Mickey Mouse has rubber ears, they would look at it and you go, you know, you're kind of crazy. But they wouldn't get mad at you. But you walk up and say, if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to make it. And you see the reaction, you go, whoa, <laughs> this is cool. And some of them go, really? And they'll pray with you, and they come into the kingdom of God. And you know what that does? That's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Because that inspires you, and you go, hey, who else around here can I see and tell about Lord? That's one of the things that was really fun a long time ago. Now, they used to cruise the Boulevard out here in a major way, okay? And I don't know if you grew up in Twin Falls, but everybody would go out and sit on the hoods of the car. Don't do that now. But anyway, back when they made cars out of steel, I don't know what they're made out of now, but don't sit on the hood of your car. Anyway, and, and I'd just walk up and down the, the, the cruise. I didn't have a big old Bible in my hand, but I, I, I would do that, and I'd just go up and, and say, hey, what you doing? And, uh, oh man, we're just hanging out. Where are you from? Well, I'm from here. Where are you from? And I just moved up from California and I said, I'm from California. That's my van over there. And a van from California, a guy with long hair, you got to have drugs. What do you got? And I said, I got good stuff. They go, really? And I would share Jesus with them. I said, that stuff will all fry, spit and sizzle. But Jesus, and I remember these people started getting saved. They looked like, they looked right like off the album cover of ZZ Top. And, and they would come and get saved. And, and, and they would come into church. But what was neat is that the more people that would get saved, the more people that you could see their life change, it would, it would encourage you to share your faith. And I'm going, wow, God, this is really awesome. How you will change a person because of the power of the Holy Spirit, where once I was scared of my own shadow, now there's a boldness that didn't happen before. Now, somebody say, well, is it possible, though, to receive the boldness or the empowering of the Holy Spirit when you get saved? And the answer to that is yes, it does happen. That's why somebody that says, well, I believe that I received the Holy Spirit when I got saved, I could say, yeah, that could happen. 
Remember Peter was preaching to the Gentiles? Now, none of them had believed. They just wanted him to come over, and, and um, Cornelius wanted him to come to his house, and he got all of his worldly friends together, and he said, okay, tell us about Jesus. And Peter's preaching a sermon, and right in the middle of the sermon, the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles, and they begin to pray with them. I can just see them all, Paul, Peter saying about how Jesus died on the cross, and mm-hmm, yeah, right on, yeah, good stuff, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, they all start preaching another tongue. Interrupted Peter's sermon. But that was okay. Because what happened there was a dynamic outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it was so dynamic that at that point, Peter and the others realized that Gentiles could be saved. We're about halfway through the book of Acts when that event happens. That's how narrow-minded the Jewish people were, even the Christians who were called by the name of Christ were. So you say, why is that important? Well, simply this. If we don't know the entirety of God's Word... We're going to have a hard time persuading or explaining to people. We can become polarized and say, well, um, uh, there is no Holy Spirit. Once you're saved, that's all you get, which is not scriptural. Or that, well, you know, you don't, you you have to have a second work of the Holy Spirit in your life, like Acts chapter 2. But then we find exclusions to that, like where the disciples, Peter, was preaching to the Gentiles and they all got filled at one time. You say, why is that important? It gives us balance and allows us to reason from Scripture. See, I found a lot of times that people would not, they would not have a lot of times the denominational, you might say, inner fighting if they simply went to the Word of God. And when you know the Word of God, that's going to protect you and keep your heart from getting into trouble in these different ways. And so it says that Apollos then went with boldness to the Gentiles. And the guy was bold before. This guy had a, a dynamicness about him. And we do find in the Old Testament at different times, and the Bible says at sundry times the Holy Spirit moved upon certain people of the Old Testament. And so we see the Noahs, and we see the Jonas, and we see these different people that God used in a great way, but it wasn't generally for everybody. But after the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit's power was for everyone. And that, friends, is what makes the difference. And so you can see Apollos knowing what he knew about the Word of God before he was Spirit-filled, now, from at least what we're gathering here, this guy, super bold, now going in and reasoning with the Jews. Amazing, the power of what God will do. So here's the bottom line. If you've been born again, great. You've had the Holy Spirit reveal to you your need for God. I've had people say to me, oh, you know what? If I could just hear God's voice, that would mean so much to me. Well, let me tell you this. If you're born again here tonight, you heard God's voice. Now, it's in different ways. But you heard the message that Jesus died on the cross for your for your sins and, and that you could be saved and you could have a place with him in heaven forever. And there's a little voice inside of you that said, this is for you. This is for you. That was God. Now, it might just be, this is the real thing. I don't know how God's voice came to you, but you knew that what the message was was true, and that's only by the Holy Spirit that that could happen. Is it possible to get that boldness at that point? I believe it is, friends. Again, it happened for some of the Gentiles. But I wasn't going to go this far, but let's go ahead and look at something since we're here. Okay? Let's go to 19.1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 
Now, this, by the very nature of the question, would then confirm that, yes, it can happen when you get saved, or it might be a second work of the Holy Spirit uh, after you're saved. So he said, did you believe, or did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we haven't even heard so much of whether there's a Holy Spirit. What's that? (laughs) Paul going, whoa. Now, notice it says he found some disciples. But what disciples were they? Well, we're going to find out that Apollos was a busy fellow because if this is a direct result of his ministering before he met Priscilla and Aquila and came to a knowledge of who Jesus was, he said to them, in then to what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And I think that's where Paul goes, oh, I see what happened. Because remember, John went around baptizing people. He baptized Jesus. And his was a call for the Jewish nation to repent. And understanding that Paul was relating with them, that there was the power of the Holy Spirit available to them. Have you been filled with the Spirit since you believed? They said, we haven't even heard of that. Somebody would say, well, how does that work then? Well, what did Jesus tell people to do? We find the Great Commission. Go, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you would think that when somebody's getting ready to be dunked under the water by the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, who's that? Well, the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity that you had heard about when you got baptized. And so when he said, how are you baptized? They said, John's baptism. Well, of course there wouldn't be the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at that time. It was simply the baptism of repentance. Well, see, we're, we're baptized out of our old sins but we're baptized into the family of God. And so understanding that, Paul then reasons with them. Next time we're together, we'll cover uh, that uh, because that's a pretty fun, pretty fun study. So now you know. Um, the, I was raised in a, in a fellowship that said the miracles and the power of the Holy Spirit ceased with the apostles. And yet I would read my Bible. I wasn't very old, but I would read in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And since the Holy Spirit's power did not begin in Acts chapter 2, that's when it was for everybody. But before then, we find all the way through the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit working in people's lives, and Elijah, and Elisha, and, and all those other prophets, God using them in a great and awesome way. Well, since the Holy Spirit didn't start in Acts chapter 2, Why would it end in the last chapter of the book of Acts? And you think about it for a minute and you realize that God is alive and well on the planet earth wanting to do miracles inside of every one of our lives and wanting you and me to be able to do that. So tonight, if you're weak, you don't have that power of the Holy Spirit in your life, I just want to invite you. We can pray and ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You'll have that boldness to testify of Him. And I believe that's so important in the days that we live in because... We need spirit-filled believers to stand up for what Jesus said. And if you've asked God into your life, if you've asked him to fill you with his Holy Spirit, I believe he has. And um, the Bible tells us what to look for in a spirit-filled believer. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the different gifts of the Spirit. You'll have one of those gifts, maybe a couple of them as, as a matter of fact. And so letting God be God, that's going to be a great thing in your life. And having that power that comes from him is what you need. You see, because again, the world's lost and it needs Jesus. And we're his people. So may the Lord use you in that way. Let's pray. Father, tonight, 
as we looked at this incredible power that you offer your servants to change lives and to change destinies. Lord, the work of your spirit in the church today, as it was then, we ask you, God, to remind each one of us that your power is for today. And so, God, guide us, direct us, inspire us, God, to go far beyond what we thought was the limit, but that we walk in your power in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.